Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Hello, and welcome to the Nutrition Diva Podcast. I'm your host, Monica Reinagel, and this week I got an email from Donald who wrote, Alcohol appears to provide some health benefits if consumed in moderation, in particular, red wine or beer. What about non-alcoholic beer and wine? Can you gain the same benefits from these beverages without the hazards? Are there other important considerations? Well, Donald's email made me realize that it is time to revisit the subject of alcohol and your health, both to clear up some common misperceptions as well as to update you on some new research. So first, those common misperceptions. Despite its reputation, red wine is really not any healthier than other alcoholic beverages. Now, I know that much has been made of the resveratrol in red wine. That's a polyphenolic antioxidant that's been shown to have some health benefits. But red wine is not the only way to get resveratrol. Unfermented grapes and grape juice, blueberries, bilberries, pistachios, peanuts, and peanut butter are also good sources. But more to the point, the amount of resveratrol that's been shown in studies to produce those health benefits is far beyond what you could likely get from your diet, much less just from drinking red wine. And by the way, beer also contains polyphenols, along with a variety of other nutrients. According to researcher and beer enthusiast Charles Bamforth, a half liter of beer can provide up to 25% of the daily requirement for niacin and vitamin C, up to 50% of your B6, and an entire day's worth of folate and B12, along with various other vitamins and minerals. Margot Denke, another researcher, points out that the hops and the barley used to make beer also contribute a significant amount of antioxidants. And studies have found that you absorb about the same amount of polyphenols from wine or beer. So in answer to Donald's question, the antioxidants and the other nutrients typically found in beer and wine could also be gotten from non-alcoholic wine and beer. And there's even some interesting research on the benefits of non-alcoholic beer as a recovery drink after exercise. Take that, Gatorade. However, the health benefits that have been attributed to moderate alcohol consumption are not coming from the antioxidants or the nutrients. They are primarily coming from the alcohol itself. In small amounts, ethanol appears to have anti-inflammatory effects, and it reduces the tendency of blood to form clots. Moderate drinkers, therefore, 
are less likely to die of heart disease or coronary events than those who drink more heavily, or for that matter, than those who drink nothing at all. Now, in epidemiology, this is known as a J-shaped curve, and it's not at all uncommon where small amounts of a substance may reduce your risk, but then at a certain point, the curve starts heading the other way, and then greater consumption leads to increased risk. Now, because heart disease is the leading cause of death in the United States, reducing deaths from heart disease is pretty impactful in terms of reducing all-cause mortality, which is your chance of dying from anything at all in a given year. And the reduction in deaths from heart disease is mostly what drives the reduction in all-cause mortality that we see with moderate alcohol consumption. Now, on the other hand, when we look at the link between alcohol consumption and breast cancer, we do not see a J-shaped curve. Drinking alcohol in any amount appears to increase the risk of breast cancer. But because fewer people die from breast cancer than from heart disease, that doesn't have as big an impact on all-cause mortality statistics. Clearly, all-cause mortality figures are of limited value in assessing any individual's risk. As always, the devil is in the details. Someone with a family history of breast cancer, for example, may assess the risk-benefit ratio of consuming alcohol differently than someone with a family history of heart disease. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Today's episode is supported by Vegamore, a line of hair care products specifically formulated to promote thicker, fuller, longer-looking hair. Results from double-blind tests among real users showed meaningful differences in the amount of shedding, volume, and density. Now, when it comes to seeing results like this, the key is consistency. For best results, you want to use these products as directed for at least three months, and their monthly subscription makes that easy. It means you never run low, and plus, you save more. I've been using the products for a couple of weeks now, so it's still a little too soon to see the full impact, especially of the Grow Serum, but I love the way the shampoo and the conditioner smell, and I gotta say, my hair is looking healthy and bouncy. So elevate your hair wellness routine this year with Vegamore. For a limited time, get 20% off your first subscription order by going to vegamore.com slash diva and use the code diva at checkout. That's V-E-G-A. M-O-U-R dot com slash diva and the code diva to save 20% on your first order. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Up until recently, the generally accepted wisdom 
which was reflected in our nation's dietary guidelines and other public health advice, was that moderate consumption of alcohol by healthy non-pregnant adults was essentially harmless. And moderate consumption was defined as no more than two drinks per day for men and one for women. Drinking more than that is clearly associated with increased health risks. In 2018, however, a new meta-analysis, which was conducted as part of the Global Burden of Disease study, caused a pretty big splash when they concluded that there was actually no amount of alcohol that could be considered safe, much less beneficial. In other words, no more J-shaped curve. But wait, then... Just last year, in 2022, an even newer meta-analysis, as part of the same Global Burden of Disease study, seemed to reverse course again, saying that for certain groups, moderate drinking was equivalent to not drinking at all in terms of the effects on all-cause mortality. So what changed between 2018 and 2022? Well, they did add a few more years of data to the data set, but the biggest difference was in the methodology that they used. There's a lot of variation in how alcohol consumption affects mortality in various parts of the world, and age also makes a huge difference. Therefore, running a risk assessment on the entire global population is likely to produce results that apply to almost no one. So in this latest analysis, they looked at alcohol consumption and all-cause mortality by global region, and they broke it out by age and sex, and this resulted in a much more nuanced picture. In the show notes for today, I've included a link to that chart if you want to see what level of consumption equals zero increased risk or non-drinker equivalents for you, given where you live and how old you are. Now, just a note of caution, in this analysis, they define a standard drink as containing 10 grams of ethanol alcohol. But here in the United States, we count 14 grams of ethanol as a standard drink. So when looking at that chart, just remember to adjust accordingly. 1.4 standard drinks in the global burden of disease chart equals one standard U.S. drink. So here are some of the most notable findings to come out of this new analysis. The younger you are, the more risky drinking appears to be. So a 49-year-old male living in North America who has one drink a day has the same risk as a 49-year-old male who doesn't drink at all. But for a 25-year-old North American male, any alcohol at all does increase his risk of death. Now, again, we're talking about all-cause mortality. A 49-year-old male is more likely to die of heart disease than a 25-year-old male. So the beneficial effects of alcohol on heart health are going to be more detectable in that age cohort. A 25-year-old male, on the other hand, is much more likely to die in an automobile accident. And the detrimental effects of alcohol on driving are going to be much more visible in that age cohort. So even with this increased level of detail, these data don't tell us everything we need to know about an individual's risk from alcohol consumption. But the Global Burden of Disease studies inform a lot of public health guidelines and policy, and more nuance is likely to lead to more appropriate guidance than a one-size-fits-none approach. Now look, I want to be very clear, I am not here to make a case for or against the consumption of alcohol. There are plenty of others who are happy to do that. My goal is simply to give you better information 
with which to make an informed decision about alcohol consumption, especially if one of the things that you're basing that decision on is the impact of drinking on your health risks. Now, another part of making informed decisions is being aware of how much alcohol you are actually taking in. You may have learned that a 12-ounce beer counts as a standard drink here in the U.S. However, that assumes that your beer is 5% alcohol by volume, and craft beers can easily be northward of 7 or even 8 ABV, in which case that same 12-ounce can or bottle might actually be 1.5 standard drinks, and a 16-ounce draft might be more than two standard drinks. And the ABV of wines, spirits, and cocktails can also vary widely. Members of the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States, known as DISCUS, this is a trade organization that represents most of the major liquor brands. Those members have voted to voluntarily start including serving facts on liquor packages, including things like those single-serve cocktails in a can that have become more popular lately. So these labels are going to include information on how much alcohol that serving contains, as well as things like calories and carbohydrates. And you should be seeing those labels in stores by June of 2024. Now, in the meantime, if you want to calculate how much alcohol your favorite cocktail or craft beer or wine contains or how many standard drinks you need to count it as, I built a little calculator for you. You know I love a spreadsheet. And you'll find a link to that also in the show notes for today. Thanks to Donald for that question. And if you have a question you'd like me to answer, you can email me at nutrition at quickanddirtytips.com. And you can also leave me a voicemail at 443-961-6206. I'd also like to invite you to check out my other podcast. It's called The Change Academy, where Brock Armstrong and I explore the art and science of behavior change. You can find it on all the major podcast platforms. So wherever you're listening to me right now, just scroll on up to the search bar and type in Change Academy. Nutrition Diva is a quick and dirty tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Nathan Sems with script editing by Adam Cecil. Thanks also to Morgan Christensen, David and Tomlin, Holly Hutchings, and Cameron Lacey. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.